the volume. Oral Sessions is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Hey guys, this is Oral Sessions with me, your girl. Um, I am still pregnant, believe it or not. Uh, approximately 60,000 months pregnant. This baby is just comfortable inside, I guess. So we trudge on. We move forward in pursuit of having the baby, I suppose. I mean, that is the end goal, right? Let's go. TikTok. We're all waiting on you, little lady. Um, anyways, so uh, a couple weeks ago, I did a, a live Q&A on my YouTube page, which you can find by just searching my name, Renee Paquette. Uh, and we, I had Emilio on, the uh, producer extraordinaire here of Oral Sessions. And we did a, a live Q&A for the release of my book, Messy in the Kitchen, My Guide to Eating Deliciously, Hosting Fabulously, and Sipping Copiously, an Amazon bestseller, if I do say so, and toot my own horn a little bit. Um, You guys have been so cool with supporting me and supporting this book, and we had a cool hangout with you guys, so we decided to turn that into a little podcast um, to, you know, talk the book, talk about cooking, just to kind of shoot the breeze, as we say. Um, so I had a ton of fun doing that. You guys can check out uh, my book, of course, which is available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Um, just give it a little search. Give it a little Google search. That's the answer here. Just Google it. You'll be able to find it. It's on there. You can buy the book, get some good, delicious meals all up in your house, because that's what we need right now. Good food. I need less food. I'm too pregnant for food. Anyways, here we go. This is an episode of Emilio and I being able to talk all things messy in the kitchen. Enjoy. Guys, welcome. Yay. We are doing a live signing for my book, Messy in the Kitchen. It is officially out tomorrow. Um, I know that people have been, you know, doing the pre-order and I've seen people posting that it's already shipped. Some people already have it in hand, which is blowing my freaking mind. Um, but yeah, we're going to be doing a live signing today with you guys. Uh, I'm joined today by none other than the one, the only, the esteemed Emilio Sparks. He's going to be emceeing this thing. He look, you look like a DJ right now. I used to be one for a very long time. I can tell that you've like got that swag down. You're ready to go. I'm very excited. Thank you for asking me to join you with this. It, it means a lot. Um, yeah. I've, I've known about the book for an extremely long time since it's Forever. like Genesis and, you know, testing out recipes and, and you and I became very close friends during the whole inception and the, the, the photo shoot for yeah. it. You, you were sending me pictures and updates and the food looks incredible. You were telling me stories that John had to continuously go to the supermarket numerous times <laughs> during a pandemic at that. Him and I have a very funny dynamic when we go to the grocery store that like we walk in and this was a thing I had to adjust to when we first started dating because we would walk in like I kind of I like to go up and down the aisles like I have a plan when I go but I also sort of meander about the store where he's like laser focused and he just kind of like ducks off and does his own thing which can be dangerous because sometimes we overlap in products in the cart um, but anyways so yeah I would have to send John out. Cause we were like up to our eyeballs in doing all these photo shoots, which I didn't know how any of this worked. I've never written a book before. I didn't know what I was getting into. Um, so I was trying to like prepare as much stuff in advance as I could for the photo shoot. What can I just pop in the oven? What needs to be done, uh, in the exact moment right before we photograph it. And then what can I actually store in my fridge? We didn't have that much room, which was insane. So yeah, I kept having to send them out with like quite the list. Of right items but hey Amen. listen he's a good husband he does the job he makes yeah. sure that his woman has all the proper ingredients for a successful cookbook also listen i i know that this is this is about me and my book today but i would like it to be known right now for everybody that's on here that his book that he's written actually just went on pre-sale today crazy right insane we're gonna have yeah. two successful authors living in the same house what a life we're like, I don't I was trying to think of like author couples. I was going to say Dan Brown, but I don't know that his wife is an author <laughs> anyways, but yeah, you guys can, uh, you guys can check his book. If you check that out on Amazon, that's on presale as well. It just came out literally today. So we're doing it all. 
You guys are like the Jay-Z and Beyonce of the literary world. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. It used to be of like the wrestling world. And now we're like making a little pivot into the into the literary world. I like it. Uh, listen, so there's a couple of things that I would like to discuss. First off, a cookbook. Why? How? What made you want to do one? Explain. I, I know you're a foodie because you always have yeah. been. Your social media was always about good food, good cocktails, interesting conversation, yeah. like the whole experience of a meal. So was that one of the driving forces to create a cookbook? Yeah, this was almost in a sense like my Instagram coming to life in the sense of like, it's all my food. It's the records that I'm playing. It's setting that ambiance. It's all of those things kind of piled into one. And I, I think like the idea of me wanting to actually do a cookbook really sort of started out with the idea that like when I was on the road with WWE, I really realized how much I longed for just cooking in my own kitchen, going to the grocery store, buying my own food, uh, being able to just like be in my Zen space. And it is like, it's almost like having a little art project to work on. Like I love trying new recipes. I have some go-tos that are like staples. And some of those are within the book, obviously. But one of my favorite things is trying a new recipe. And I hope that that's what this is for other people. Uh, but yeah, even just for me, like to come home and I am a cookbook collector. So I wanted to be a part of that. I love looking through cookbooks. I love flipping through the pictures, um, you know, putting a little dog ear and things that I wanted to make all of those different things. Um, so it's, it's really about like the storytelling for me, of course. And this was also, this was a big thing for me to have this be like my first project that I was really working on that was outside of WWE, you know, and for me to just kind of, uh, you know, reignite my passion for these other little projects and to connect with my own voice. Again, I could write whatever I wanted to write. I, I didn't feel like I had a filter on, None of those things. So this book is like very much me come to life and then slapped into some pages. Right. Because essentially this was the first non WWE project that you got yeah. to work on. So how cathartic was it to have the Rene Paquette voice when cooking and when, oh when writing this book? Because there are little quips and, and little like anecdotes within yeah. this book. And there's like accompanying songs and playlists. Mm -hmm. Like it's a very well thought out book. And that's, that's really what I wanted. So it's like, I'm just trying to like find like a great example in here, but we do the, um, like having the semi pro tips. That was something like here at the very bottom. You can see, I've just like, I've, I, you have like these little notes along the way, like semi pro tip, a little hair of the dog, never hurt anyone. Get yourself a mimosa. If somebody needed me to tell them to pour themselves a drink, I will be your gateway. I will tell you that it's okay. Pour it, use orange juice. Don't, I don't care live your life, do what you got to do. I mean, there are actual tips in there in terms of like, you know, cooking things a certain way, how to prep things another way. Um, and then, yeah, having the, at the very back here with the QR codes. And that was something that just like really popped in my head that I was like, I don't know why like this. So you guys can just scan these from your phone. And it's going to take you to some playlists that I've been able to curate. I worked on them. I had also reached out to some friends of mine to help have them kind of chime in on like, oh, you know, if we were having a girl's night, what would you want to hear? If we were just having like a nice intimate dinner, what would you want? If you're on date night, what do you want? So it was really all of those things kind of come together. And then also just having like the different quotes throughout the book. I've got Dolly Parton, um, got Mitch Hedberg, um, got Bill Burr. So all in Miss Piggy, like just these like fun little quotes of people that I like and it, no, it's really indicative to your personality and it shines through. You like good food. You like good drink. You like good music. And all of those things should encompass an overall interactive experience when preparing a meal and when having individuals in. And yeah. what I love about you is you're an adventurous cook. You're an adventurous eater. Or I'm not so much that. No, so one of the things you eat twigs and berries. <laughs> I do. I do. I'm I I I have a plant-based diet. Yes, but I but know that like, there are you have like an extreme plant-based diet at that as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. I'm trying okay. to like see what's happening on YouTube here as well. I don't, live. This, I don't even live. know how this goes. So I am trying to like, see how this works. Oh, is this it? This is a live one here. Yeah, we're working, baby. Oh, we're we're live. The God. chats are popping. The, the whole thing is up over there. So big up to everybody. We see Yay, you. Hello. How are you now? How fun. 
Oh, but, I love that. How cool. What I wanted to know was the the adventurous side of the eating where you would take case in point, you took pierogies and then you added shepherd's pie. Yes. So like what were like some of the things like you did that? Like I knew that you you were also working on an adventurous wonton soup of your own creation as well. Yeah. So like let's talk about a little bit of playing around and becoming a scientist with the food. So I really wanted to you know, when you're like putting a book together and it's hard to be like, oh, here's this original recipe. So I was really trying to think of like, what are some of my favorite things and what can I do to make a spin on those? So pierogies, I love a pierogi. I also love a shepherd's pie. And I was like, man, like it's mashed potato that's going inside a pierogi. Let's spice that up and do a shepherd's pie version instead. And I think that it came together really, really well. Um, I had Beth Phoenix on oral sessions. It's not aired yet, you guys, but it will be coming out uh, in the next you know, coming weeks. Uh, but her and I talked about pierogies. She's like the pierogi queen. So I would like bounce ideas off of her of how pierogies work and like how to make a great one. Um, and then there's like um, my French onion soup grilled cheese. That was another one that was like, I love French onion soup, but I was like, do I need French onion soup? And uh, yeah, it, but then I was like, wait, what can I do differently for that? So then I was like, oh, I'll, I'll turn that into a grilled cheese. I mean, essentially you've got like the, the croutons or the chunk of bread that goes inside the French onion soup. You've got that Gruyere cheese on top and then those onions. So I was like, I can kind of like invert that and make that into a sandwich. Or like wanting to, uh, other recipes kind of come from things that I couldn't get myself. So I'm like, I'm going to figure out how to make this. Um, like the beef patties. Having beef patties in Canada is a big thing. They're at every corner store. You can buy them frozen at the grocery store. They're exceptional. They're so, so good. And I felt like I wasn't able to find them here. There is one really great Jamaican restaurant here called Jammy Land. And they do beef patties there. Um, so I, I could order in from there sometimes. I'm like, I need to learn how to just make my own. And that was sort of a thing while I was doing this book that really opened my mind to a lot of things like the idea of, um, of making a dough and waiting for the yeast to cure all these different things always kind of seemed a little bit overwhelming to me. And now I'm like, Oh, no problem. I found myself getting even more comfortable in the kitchen, the more that I was cooking and doing stuff or like making the squid ink pasta, which like yeah, I understand not everyone is going to want to do that. They're going to want to make their own pasta. If they want to, great, it's there. But if not, if somebody wants to like buy the store-bought squidding pasta, I honestly think you can probably buy that at most grocery stores at, at this point, maybe. Can you? I don't know. I think so. Um, but yeah, and like, you know, I do like a cast iron um, pot pie where like, I'll tell you how to make the pie crust, but if you just want to buy a pre-made one, no judgment over here. I get it, but I couldn't very well write a book and not put every recipe for every little thing in there, which is a crazy thing to figure out too. So one thing that's in there that you can eat is my, uh, my pulled mushroom burgers. So okay. it's like done in a barbecue sauce. You'd pop it in the oven, but I, I like did my own barbecue sauce for it. So it's all these little things that you don't really think about when you start to do a recipe that you're like, oh my God, I can't just be like, hey, use sweet baby rays. You have to put in a recipe for everything. It's crazy. Well, that's the thing too. And you're creating your own sauces and you really have to dig deep. Okay, so let me do this and let yeah. me find like what the chemical compound for this is. You literally are a scientist when you're doing this. And, you know, from your travels all across the world for many, many years, did you stumble upon something and maybe you made a note on your phone or in a notebook? You were like, ooh, maybe one day I would like to try this. Yes. Like, was there any unique dishes to your palate that stood out from your time traveling that are incorporated in the cookbook? Yeah. So my corn soup, that was a big one when I went to Japan. So I had never had just like a corn. So I've had like a corn chowder before or whatever. But um, the first time I had corn soup was actually on the flight to Tokyo. And John and I are sitting there and just the food that you get, I can't remember which airline we were on, Nippon maybe. And um, anyways, but the food that they had on the plane was incredible, but that was my first time having corn soup. And also in Japan, they have soup for breakfast all the time, which is like so up my alley. I love that, like a broth. The corn soup is not that it's a, it's a little more creamy, but yeah, that was one that I kind of tucked away that I'm like, I need to figure out how to make that because it's incredible. So I did kind of tinker around with that and it did make it into the book. 
I should find it in here. It's delicious though. Give me it, all of that. It sounds delicious. You know, and I think good. like also too, from what I'm getting from the cookbook is also the prep time is a little extensive, but it's really not. So it, even if you're an amateur like me, you can really, if you follow along and use the text as what it is as yes. a text, it will be edible. So you, you you could eat it and you could have a dinner party or you can cook for a significant other and they won't look at you like this does not taste good. No, and that's sort of what my approach to cooking always has been. It's especially like when, like, first of all, these are all guidelines. I'm recommending or showing you how I do stuff, but if you want to add different spices or you want to swap out the meats for something else, Go for it by all means. It's, you know, your recipe is your recipe, your kitchen's your kitchen, but giving some guidelines to like help people kind of figure things out. Cause like, I'm not a chef. I just love cooking and I love the challenge of having a new recipe. I'm like, can I pull this off? Is this going to be edible? Are people going to like this? It's just about trying stuff. It's about, it's also just like, for me, sometimes it's time just by myself even to like zone out, put on some music, chop some stuff, cook things like that is like my Zen. I love doing that. Um, but yeah, when you're able to have friends and family over and like feed people, there's nothing better than that for me. I, I absolutely love doing that. Well, there's a sense of community when you do that. You know, there's totally. a sense of togetherness. I, I mean, yeah. you know, and like providing. Um, absolutely. And specifically now, even with the pandemic, um, the, the fact that you can have your own, you go and you get your own groceries and you make your own food, yes. you know, like that, that's a, that's a whole thing too, that's where a luxury it is a luxury, but also I think a lot of individuals, including myself really never took the time to prepare their own food. Right. You know, and then like what happens is there's a lockdown and now you're like, okay, wait a minute. I can't just go out and Uber eats it, or I can't just go and sit at a restaurant no more. Yeah. I really have to make sustenance for myself. What am I making? What am I doing? And those are some of my favorite meals too, is like when you clean out the fridge and you're like, what do I have on hand that I can actually whip this into something? Cause you'd be surprised how often you're like, my fridge is empty. I don't have anything here. It's like, well, no, wait, do you have like a tomato that might be on its last legs or like an onion, a shallot, some garlic? Do you have some pasta that's tucked away in the pantry somewhere? Like you can make a little something from nothing. Throw some eggs. Let's get some eggs and toss in whatever leftover vegetables you have, whatever, and make a meal from it. I love that challenge. So was there any of that creative ingenuity in this? Like if you could pick out one recipe right now that just had limited bare bones ingredients that you had in your refrigerator, because at one point, you know, you and John, you were on the road. There might be a tomato. There might be a shallot. Yeah. You might just yeah. have some pasta and then <laughs> good luck, brother. Cook this up. Like, <laughs> make something from this. <laughs> make something from this. What was one of the dishes in the book that was inspired by that? Oh man, we haven't went to the supermarket yet, but I have this. What yeah, can I, I would say the pasta primavera um, because that's especially like when you've got like some vegetables that are like close to being on their last legs, the pantry, you're like your little crispers full. You've got to empty out those vegetables. That would be one definitely. Cause you can use kind of whatever you have on hand, whether you have a bunch of, you know, if you've got mushrooms on hand, you've got asparagus, you've got tomatoes, you've got some peppers, whatever you might have. You don't like, I list a bunch of the different vegetables in there that I recommend but you can totally change it to your palate into what you have on hand. And it's in this really beautiful, like little, like creamy lemon sauce. It's really, really light. It's not heavy at all. And that's something that just like is, you can have it right away, nice and hot and delicious, but it also holds up in the fridge and is amazing cold. Um, another recipe that I had that didn't quite fall under that category so much, but more so going back to like the pandemic was making the lamb burger when you could not just buy regular like ground beef in the grocery store. And I'm in the middle of trying to like write this book, trying to come up with 60 to 70 recipes. And I'm like, Oh my God, wait, you can't even buy flour. Cause everyone's making a sourdough kit. Like <laughs> there's all of these things that are going on at one time. Uh, so they had ground lamb and I was like, man, I don't think ground lamb gets enough love. So I ended up making a burger from it and I turned it into this like Greek style burger with like a nice chunk of tomato, a little thin onion, and then like making your own tzatziki sauce to go on top. And it's very good. It's called the lamb jam. John came up with that name. He was quite proud of it. 
Oral Sessions is proud to be presented by FanDuel. You guys never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great. FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Uh, why do I play FanDuel? I play FanDuel because I'm new to the fantasy game. I kind of need somebody to hold my hand through the whole process. And the thing with the FanDuel Fantasy app is that it's so incredibly easy to use. Even a dumb dumb like me can make it work. And if you happen to be a fence sitter like yours truly, you guys can pick a new team every single game. You can switch it up. You can change your mind. It's all up to you. Ball is in your court. So FanDuel is offering new users a deposit match of up to 500 smackaroos when you make your first deposit. Just go to FanDuel.com slash cowherd for more info. FanDuel.com slash cowherd. FanDuel, more ways to win. I want to go back to something that you said before, though, because I found it interesting. You said that you are not a cook. You just enjoy good food. But now, given the current culture where if you go on YouTube or you go on Instagram or even if you go on like other social media platforms, the idea of the chef has changed where, you know, you don't have to go to a culinary school to know how to make good food. And if you've noticed a lot of YouTubers, a lot of Instagrammers who are amateur chefs have really started to craft a lane for themselves. Sure. So I do find that fascinating. I mean, I think this will come back to a conversation that um, we've been able to have before on oral sessions. I believe I was having this conversation with CM Punk about imposter syndrome. And that's where I've always been like that, especially with things that I really revere. And for me, cooking is one of those. Acting is one of those. These things that I just, I love. And it's a world that I want to be a part of, but I would always have imposter syndrome because I have so much respect for what goes into actually doing those things. And I think, you know, looking back at, you know, different chefs. I mean, I love watching Food Network. I love watching the likes of like, you know, obviously an Ina Garten, everybody bow down. She's the absolute queen to somebody like a Bobby Flay, or, you know, you could rattle off a million different chefs that are on Food Network. And those are people that have like busted their ass in the culinary world. They've been in the restaurants, they've worked on the lines. And that's not even what I'm nearly aspiring to do, but I appreciate the effort that goes into that. Um, but yeah, I think that's sort of something that always pops in my mind. And It's almost like I can feel that like eye roll of like actual chefs being like, great, this pseudo celebrity thinks she's a (laughs) chef. We're like, I get it, but I'm coming into it with good intentions. And I understand my place in that world where I just, I, I love it. And I don't come into it with like any air about it at all. It's just something that I love and I respect the work that they do. And especially after having, you know, written a book and putting all that time and effort and you look back at all that, all everything that goes into just cooking a great meal to writing about it and trying to make something come to life. It's, it's no easy task. So I always really give a lot of love to, uh, to those chefs. I want to get into beverage pairings as well, because there are a lot of complimentary pairings with the dish and the spirits that you chose. So let's talk cocktails because you love your cocktail. You love a good cocktail. You like to have a good time. You like to wear your party shorts. I'm I'm getting back there soon. It's coming again. So just give it some time. Everybody buckle up. (laughs) Coming in hot. So let's talk about some pairings with the food. What did you mix? Did you, um, you know, because again, like even becoming a mixologist for this, like you're wearing multiple hats I within know. this. Who do I think I am? You can do it all, sister. <laughs> but here's the funny thing, though. And I was saying this to John. So, uh, you know, when it comes to doing a cookbook, you're like, oh, there's going to be desserts at the end. And I'm not a big dessert person. I am now that I'm nine months pregnant. And I'm like, give me every dessert. I want it all. Give me everything. Um, but when I was doing the book, I was like, we never order dessert. We never really think to have dessert, but we want to have a cocktail. So my thing is that I just love to drink wine. I'm mostly a wine drinker and John just drinks usually Jack and diet. So that made it into the book where I call it the cowboy cocktail, which is just a double whiskey, tiny little splash of Coke. That is how he takes his drink. Um, so I put that in there and then I was like, Hey, well, I can't just be like, Hey, go out and buy this wine and pour yourself a goblet. <laughs> So I was thinking of other drinks that I like to have and, you know, having like, you know, a pina colada is something I love the, the blackberry smash with like that, with the muddled, you could either use basil, you could use mint, uh, using those like fresh herbs in a drink really makes it like 
you really feel like you're doing something fancy. It's something really nice to serve up. And I think even like, you know, those drinks like the blackberry smash, that's something that you could also switch around. If you wanted to use raspberries, you had blueberries or shit. You even had some, like, just like some watermelon lying around. Like how beautiful would like a watermelon mint cocktail be? Refreshing. Right. It just, these are, these are kind of meant to like set the stage for like, all right, here's a couple options. You can kind of, you know, it just opens up your mind for other things that you can kind of do for yourself. But you do have bartending experience, though. So it's not Who like you doesn't, you know, right? you've mixed a few drinks here and there. Maybe yeah. on the Sunset Strip, you had to kick out a drunk for drinking a, a, a watermelon smash here and there or the cowboy <laughs> cocktail. So, yeah. like, you are you are familiar with your way around a bar. Now you're just really stepping it up because, you know, the pairings with the drinks have become even more popular within the last five years. Yeah, of course. Especially like, you know, like the charcuterie that's in, that's in the uh, book of just like putting together a great charcuterie. There's nothing better than having like a bunch of pickable things, like the different meats, the cheeses, the nuts, the honeys, the sauces, all that amazingness. And then mixing in some drinks along the way. That's my kind of a party. That I want to get a like good a buzz party. and eat a bunch of calories. I love it. So we have a couple of, we have a ton of questions, actually. Okay, I was going to say we have, we have a couple of questions. I so have to do some signings too, right? How do we do let's that? do it all. Could, 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 could you multitask? Could you, could you sign and answer questions at the I'm same time? The queen of the multitask. Are you kidding me? All right. So let's answer some questions. She's going to put her John Hancock on stuff. And we're going to call this Q and Renee. Look at the yeah. size of that Sharpie. I know. So I actually had to go through all my drawers. I'm like, what do I even have for Sharpies here? So let's hope that they're all fresh and have a little ink in them. Rock and roll. We're working without a, a net Giddy here, up. folks. We're live, babies. Giddy okay. Up. So this is from Brittany from Jewett City, Connecticut. And she goes, I have two questions. What is your most favorite food to cook? And what are you looking most forward to with becoming a mama? P.S. Pregnancy looks amazing. You and your family are amazing. I'm so happy for you and John. Thank you, Brittany. Um, okay, so I would say um, things that I love to cook the most, especially like when I'm just like in my own mode, if I'm just cooking for myself, it'll always be a pasta. Give me all of those pastas, um, especially like. We were talking about the uh, the primavera, like adding like a bunch of vegetables in there. If you want to add in a protein, maybe toss a little shrimp in there. Um, I always love like a mushroom based pasta that will always make me happy or like a creamy pasta. I made um, I made a fettuccine Alfredo for my mom and I the other night and it was decadent. But again, use what was left in the fridge. I'm like, what do we have? Some tomatoes, pop them in. Oh, we've got a couple of pieces of broccoli in there. Pop them in. Great. Some frozen shrimp, toss them in. It's a well-rounded meal. Um, and then for being a mom, gosh, there's so many things. There's so many things that I know that I have to look forward to. And I just, uh, I don't even know what that world looks like yet. So it's like trying to anticipate what that's going to be like, but also just keeping that bar very low so that I'm very open and fluid and not feeling like I'm really in anticipation of one thing, one way or the other. But it's really like, I'm just excited to meet this kid. I'm excited to meet her and to know her and know what her likes and her interests are like that's something that's that makes me laugh like john and i'll be like sitting on the couch and we can feel her like moving around like the wild woman that she is she's so active and uh yeah i'm like man like isn't it crazy to think like she's gonna have a job one day like she's gonna have like friends she's gonna have like falling outs with these friends she's just gonna be a little human being and i i do find that very very funny what happens if she's a picky eater in her older days? What's gonna how, well, how are you I gonna feel with about her dad, that? Dad, so I mean, I get that. This her one's dad's from like that. <laughs> of um, course. Okay, let me do some of these signings. Okay, so this one is from Amanda from Bashar, Missouri, and she goes, "What was the hardest recipe to come up with, and what is the hardest thing you've ever made?" Ooh, well, I would say like the most time-consuming that's in there would probably be the squid ink pasta, um, but it's not even that much. I just think everything is sort of like, unless you want to just, you know, throw together a peanut butter sandwich, which I'm not passing judgment on that because I've been living off of those lately. Um, but just spending the time to do it. And, you know, there's even things that seem like, Oh God, am I going to really make clams at home myself? That seems a little scary to like shellfish can freak people out. Of like, am I cleaning it right? What if it's gone bad? What if I poison my whole family? Like all of these things to think about, uh, that can be a little bit daunting to even like making like a calamari or doing actually, <laughs> I should say the, the red snapper cooking a whole fish 
can certainly seem overwhelming, but it is so easy. I promise you, but it, because it seems like this thing, like nobody just like, I don't feel like people just cook a whole fish all that often. And I fish is a huge part of my diet, or at least normally it is. Uh, so having that be part of it and like, you know, it freaks people out to be like, wait, the fish has eyeballs that are like staring at me. What are you talking about? That can be a little bit scary, but once you do it in like the presentation of it's really beautiful, there's um, a coconut curry sauce that goes over it. It is decadent and beautiful. And I also have a coconut rice that goes like beautiful with it or a mango salad. There's so many different amazing things that you can do to like mix and match that are all in the book. You know, talking about uh, seafood and shellfish growing up in an Italian household, you know, that's what my mother and my, my father would predominantly make, specifically on holidays as well. Like Christmas oh, Eve, it was the guys, Feast of the Seven, seven fishes. fishes, right? Oh. Yes, we do. Yeah, they roll it out here. I'm allergic to fish, so I can't, but. Um, How sad. I know You're not, like, it allergic sucks. allergic to the point that you can't sit around it, though, right? Oh, no. But no, I just can't ingest it or I'll, I'll go into anaphylactic shock. But, you know, that happened we don't later need on. To EpiPen you. No, we're good. We're good. But when I was a kid, it was delicious to eat because there was a whole bunch of things. And you're talking about making, uh, you know, a linguine and white clam sauce or a lobster oh. fried diallo. You know, there is Come a real on. special preparation for this stuff. And yeah. you're right. You know, making making fish isn't the most difficult thing, but it's it, you fear it because it's an uncharted territory yeah. to cook. You think you're going to mess it up or like it's such, it can be such a delicate thing. Honestly, like <laughs> this was on, I think it was on family guy the other day. They were like talking about fears or something. And they were like, man, is there anything worse than going to like the fishmonger? Because you think <laughs> that they're just like judging you and that they just like are more worldly and know more than you do. I'm like, Oh my God. I've so had that moment of like, so I always go to the whole foods to get my seafood because their seafood's always amazing. And they have such a wide variety. Um, especially if I'm doing like, Oh, I do. I would love a whole, like, uh, you know, a whole, a red sea bass, something like that. Like whatever it is that I happen to be a red snapper, sorry. Um, the different things I'm looking forward to getting like the tubes of calamari instead of buying it frozen. I want it to have been fresh or the different clams, whatever. I know that if I go to whole foods, you're going to have it, but it always is sort of that intimidating thing of like, um, can I just get this? And Oh, if you don't mind. So when I went to go get the red snapper to go do this recipe and I, I that's one of the the things that I write about in the book is I'm like, Hey, when you go get a fish, like ask the monger, to they scale it and gut it for you because trying to do that at home whew, that's above my pay grade um but that's the thing is like asking them like hey can you help me out and they're always really cool about it they're like yeah just come back again in like 15 minutes or whatever throw them a little tip and call it a day that's it you grease a palm and they'll gut and grease a palm even with the butchers i did that there's my beef tenderloin recipe the that's in the book and it's also one of my favorite favorite things that's in there um but yeah if they if you don't see the tenderloin that you want ask the butchers sometimes they've got it back there so don't be afraid to spark up those uh those conversations and develop those relationships with your butchers the next time you're watching basketball i've got the perfect way for you to get in on the action for free I'm talking about NBA InPlay. It's absolutely free to play on the FanDuel app and features all the fun of live betting. NBA InPlay turns every quarter of every game into a free contest where you can win real cash prizes. So while you're watching the game, all you have to do is predict the outcome of plays and game props before they happen to claim your share of the prize pool. Best of all, a new contest starts every quarter of every game, giving you even more ways to win. FanDuel is the exclusive home for NBA InPlay, so the action's always available right at your fingertips on the FanDuel app. The app is so easy to use, and it takes less than two minutes to sign up. And it doesn't matter where you live or where you're traveling to because NBA InPlay is available in every state. Don't miss your shot. Get in the game and download the FanDuel app to start playing NBA in play today. Stephanie from Boston, Massachusetts wants to go pancake or waffles if you could only pick one. I think I think I would go pancake. I think I would do pancake. Yeah. It's funny because I feel like I mean, pancakes have been in my mind a lot lately. I just want like a buttery pancake with lots of maple syrup. Shocker that I'm getting so puffy, right? 
Right. I mean, listen, no <laughs> knock to waffles either. Waffles, you're a beautiful no. institution in the breakfast oh food. God. You know, chicken and waffles was a great thing. You know, even yeah. I, I've been to certain restaurants in Brooklyn on the on the plant based tip and they have plant based chicken and waffles. It's oh, delicious. Oh, that's nice. Oh, Actually, we're in for a treat when you come to New York. We're going to we're going to we're going to we're going to eat. Sign me up. Eat. So one recipe that I wanted to do that never actually made it into the book because I realized it's definitely like it's a tall order, but I had this idea that I really wanted to do like a Thanksgiving style take on chicken and waffles. So what I was going to do, I bought a waffle maker and I was going, I wanted to take the stuffing and mix that in with a little bit of pancake or waffle uh, batter that, you know, maybe make the ratio like three to one, something like that. And then make the waffle from the stuffing, then load up all the things, put on your mashed potatoes, your gravy, your turkey, the cranberry sauce, and then indulge in your turkey dinner that way. How good would that be? I mean, you know, if you keep on buying this book, folks, we could probably get messy in the kitchen, too. Round two. Let's, let, let's go. Yeah, that's let's go. one that I've been like holding on to because I, I did actually... I did tinker with the, the waffle portion of it and I made it and it was great. I did a couple different versions of like trying to get the pancake batter or like just doing the stuffing on its own, but that was like way too thick and not really working out. So I did have to mix in the, the pancake batter with it, but it was awesome. Dwayne wants to know, and he's from Hamilton, uh, Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. What is the dish you feel is easy, but most people mess up? Ooh. Um, you know, I, I, I always, I feel like every time I've been like talking about the book, I talk about the whole chicken a lot and making a whole chicken is lovely. They're so beautiful. They look really nice. It feels like you've really put in a lot of effort, but it's, it's very, it, it is very easy. But I think the biggest thing with doing a whole chicken is making sure that you have tied the drumsticks together and pinned the wings back. And I do all of this in the cast iron skillet on top of some baby potatoes. So the chicken fat drips into those potatoes. Then when I take the chicken out and let it rest, let that meat kind of do its thing inside that bird, I smash those potatoes with like the back of a wine glass or really whatever I have just to like, just to like kind of break them up. And I leave them in that fat and then I pop them back in the oven at like 500 degrees and they get really, really crispy. It's going to rock your freaking world. It's very, very easy. But yeah, I think the, the thing when people do a chicken is they're like, oh, did I tuck this back right? Is this fine? You're good. Also, and like I even say in the thing, I'm like if you just YouTube it, it's easy to find the way to do that right. And just like, it's not difficult. It just seems like, do I know what I'm doing here? Am I going to mess this up? Now, you have you it. ever pulled out like the innards from like the turkey or the chicken yeah. and then like maybe put that in a bag and then boil that and make your own like, um, stock with that because my grandmother would do that. She would, yeah. you know, and this, this is coming from, you know, um, you know, during the times of the great depression where they didn't have much. So they literally yeah. used everything, uh, specifically, I bring this up because you and Shinsuke Nakamura, who is our guest on oral sessions tomorrow, Ooh, you can good listen to that wherever oh my I'm God. learning from you. I'm learning from you wherever <laughs> you get podcast. Um, you guys really <laughs> talked about, um, from snout to tail. And I yes. giggled at that because I've never, I've never heard that term term before, but you know, having conversations with my grandmother in the past, she would, she would be a snout to tail cook where she would use every single portion of, you know, this animal. So how important is that for like, let's say making brats or just even oh different God. sizes and cuts? 100%. I mean, it's, it's so beneficial because that's where so much of the flavor is. And I think in America and like Westernized culture, we get very nervous of those things. We're like, oh my God, wait. Like even just the fact that like, I always talk about chicken thighs and this is basic AF, but like I more often than not cook with chicken thighs instead of chicken breast. But we, we live in a chicken breast world, my friend. Everyone just wants the breast where breast is not always best. Let me tell you. Sometimes you got to get those juicy thighs in there because in the different cuts of meat is, yeah, there's more flavor. There's more, there's a different texture. There's more fats and people can be so afraid of fat. We don't need to be so afraid of fat, have your fat and have it in different moderations. Like, especially when you're cooking different things, like having the fat in there is amazing. They even in like the burgers that I talk about, like I don't buy ground beef that is not an 80, 20 
uh, meat to fat ratio. Like that's what you need to make a burger taste like a burger that you're going to love. Um, but yeah, I think the like the snout to tail, and that's something that like I learned a lot through reading other cookbooks and just watching other food network shows, watching different specials is like, let's not waste all of these great pieces of an animal that, you know, we've already without, and it freaks people out to, you know, talk about an animal before you're about to eat it, but let's not waste any of it. Let's use every little bit and make something from it. And like, that's one thing that I think of, like, I was just talking to my mom moments ago, cause she's here with me while I'm ready to have the baby. And, um, she's like, well, what do you want me to do to help you get ready? And I was like, well, honestly, what I really want you to look into is the different broths and stuff that I should be having. Cause our bodies need that collagen. We need those different bits of like fat in our body. It's like, it's so good for you. It is so, so good for you. I mean, I'm, I'm not a scientist, nor am I a doctor, um, but those are the things that, that I want to know more about. And I, I, I think using, you know, whether you're using the carcass from, from the chicken that you made and making a stock or making a soup from it, like, yeah, don't throw that stuff away. Use it all. Keep it all. Use it all. You know, I think that's why I'm I'm really into farm to table type. Um, you know, just just eating and and using all of the ingredients that are needed. So like you know, like a whole bunch of fresh vegetables, a whole bunch of anything that you know you you can't grill it till you kill it. So you have to. You really got to like eat it and cook it and prepare it from there. So waste not, want not. I think that's very important. I was just literally going to say that exact line. So Joey from Bloomfield, Connecticut wants to know, Hey, Renee, what is your first memory for your love of cooking? And I hope you're doing well. Ooh, Joey, my first memory of cooking. Um, I don't know that it's even so much cooking. Like I have memories of cooking. Obviously my mom always cooked a lot. My mom bakes a lot. My mom makes like, you know, a lot of muffins, cookies, different breads, different loaves, scones, all those things. She's, she's the master of that stuff. But the things that I remember a lot that I think really sparked my love of food is going out to dinner and trying different foods. And I talk about this in the book a little bit of like growing up in Toronto, I feel like I was so lucky with that because it is such a diverse multicultural city that it's, it's so amazing to be able to like go into little Italy and get that amazing fresh pasta. Like there's a place called Snelly's in Toronto. It's not there anymore. But my mom used to take my brother and I, and we would like eat the fresh pasta the whole way home. We'd get home and she's like, what the hell? You guys already ate everything on us. Um, but having those experiences are like, um, uh, there's a, a really great fish and chips place that we used to go to. And I talk about that in the book as well, because there's a fish and chip sandwich that I did. Cause I was like, wait, do I want to do a, 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 um, a fried chicken sandwich or do I want to do a fried fish sandwich? So I went with the fish, but there's a, a malt vinegar aioli that I make for it to make it like a deconstructed version of a fish and chips, or I guess not, I guess deconstructed is not the word, but like, it's a spin on that. It's done on a potato bun to substitute for the fries and putting malt vinegar all over those fries and all over the fish is the way to go. So <laughs> that, the malt vinegar really aioli. It's amazing. That's really it's, good. it's exceptional. It's really, really good. Not to toot my own horn. No, 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 toot, toot. This is, this is all about you right now. This is all about you. (laughs) So so toot it up, toot it up. Okay. So this one comes from Misha from Houston, Texas. She wants to know what are some soundtracks that are your favorite all time, whether it's TV, movies, video games, et cetera. Damn. That's a good one. So soundtracks, soundtracks, I'm going to go, um, Okay, right off the bat, one of my favorite soundtracks of all time is the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack. Um, it's absolutely insane, uh, just especially because it has Talk Show Host by Radiohead on there, which is my absolute favorite Radiohead song. I love when you hear certain songs and it just like takes you back to like, I mean, even like uh, if you're like, Maya Sharona, like that's going to make me think of Dumb and Dumber. Like how there's like certain songs or whatever that just like transport you to a movie. Um, I think Clueless has a really great soundtrack. Fear, the movie Fear has a great soundtrack. Wild Horses, oh my god. Oh, that's um, a great. That's a great scene too. Like, oh, yeah. isn't it? Isn't it amazing? John and I watched that movie not that long ago, like within the past year. And we're like, man, that movie really holds up. It's fantastic. Um, and what about from like some like TV shows? Um, well, I don't know if this like necessarily qualifies, but uh, from like the original 
um, Mortal Kombat. I did a gymnastics routine to the Mortal Kombat <laughs> theme one time. I wish I like remembered it all, but I remember like having that be my music. Mortal Kombat. And then I would like go into like a tumbling sequence. You I know, also did a gymnastics routine to the Simpsons theme. Okay. If 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 Carol has video of this, please tell her I to send this to me did. because we have to post these on the YouTube channel. I wish she had them so badly. I don't think she has any of it. Craig from Laurel, Maryland wants to know, how does one create a cookbook from scratch and not gain a thousand pounds? <laughs> that is a very, very good question. Um, so I'm in general, I'm all about the moderation with everything. If there's something that I want to have, like if I'm like, oh, I really, really want some chocolate cake. I, and maybe I just have good willpower. I'll have the chocolate cake, but I just have like a couple bites of it. Is that bad? No, no, it's not because you get a little bit of the sweet. You're yeah. not getting the whole thing. So you're not feeling so guilty. Yeah, you're you like, okay, I can, nuts. I can reduce the caloric intake with this. All right, we're good. But I'm still satisfied. I feel like I've not been deprived of anything. And honestly, like, I think that is almost like a key to keeping yourself sane and happy, but you know, not indulging or not feeling like you're putting yourself on like an insane strict diet. Like, I think that's where people, um, fall off the bandwagon a little bit, their expectations for how eating should go. If you're like, you're just like, Oh, I'm just, I'm only eating salads and dry chicken breasts. Like, yeah, that's going to make you feel mad and sad. And I don't want to feel like that. I love having all these amazing foods. I can't um, tell well, you how much I felt mad and sad. Food makes me happy. Like food truly sparks my joy going out to a new restaurant, trying new things. Like I love doing that so much. Um, but it was interesting, like while I was doing the book was, you know, if I am doing stuff that's like a little heavier, it was a nice reminder to, to be like, oh, we need to add a little more balance into the book of having different salads or some lighter features some things like that. It was actually really beneficial to me to, to go through it all in one go like that and adjust the book as I was going. Right. But what was the like over under with the pregnancy cravings while creating the book? Because you were preggers while you were writing the book. I wasn't. So, oh, God. you weren't. I okay. Because I was about to say, you know, because oh. I remember the photo shoot was happening while like, you know, before the announcement was made. Right? Yeah. But like, so, so what were you looking at? There's a gap there. There is okay. a gap there. So I, um, we did the photo, not by much though. We did the photo shoot in early, um, we did the photo shoot early August. And then I left WWE end of August. And then I was, I was pregnant, but didn't know it until Oct October 6th is when I found out that I was pregnant, but that would have been like literally as soon as I could have known that I was pregnant. So I miss, it was about, you know, a month plus of a window of just at least shooting the book, but okay. it was already written to that point. Honestly, if I was pregnant while writing this book, we would have a completely different book and not as good like this. I'm so glad that I wrote it ahead of time because my cravings, it's not even that my cravings have been that weird. Everything's been so basic. Honestly, all I want, like you and I just, we just finished doing a record for oral sessions. I went downstairs to eat and all I want is a bread is like a piece of bread with peanut butter. I I live off of peanut butter. It's shameful. This baby is made of peanut butter. Mark my hey, words. It's a nutritious snack. There's nothing wrong with that. No, it's, maybe it's actually not bad. It could be worse. Right. Maybe messy in the kitchen three will be the pregnancy chronicle. <laughs> yes. Maybe maybe we could do that. Yeah. That's that's so, when I start like delving into like all the baby foods and get like real hippy dippy on everybody. So Vinnie Madunio from New York wants to know: Would you ever <laughs> consider doing a cook a cooking show with? guest wrestling stars and just other friends of yours within like the food world, within the music world um, for like food TV or, or a cooking channel. And if so, how do we make that happen? Vinny, my guy, let's see here. That's something I would absolutely love to do. That is on my list. It's like a bucket list thing. And it seems like, it seems like it should be a no brainer, right? It's like, I've got a cookbook. I have years upon years of television experience why not mash these worlds together you know I feel like that makes the most sense but how to do that I'm not sure I keep kind of like much like the book you put these things out into the ether and you hope that maybe somebody's going to pick up what you're putting down 
So I was lucky enough with that, with a book where I'm like, I want to write a cookbook. Is anybody listening, listening, listening? Who wants a cookbook? That finally, when I was able to do it, I was like, oh shit, I'm actually getting to do a cookbook. Hell yeah. So I got to do that, that I feel like with doing a cooking show and let's also bear in mind with the pandemic sort of starting to wrap up a little bit, the world is carrying on. Things are opening up. Studios are opening up. Television shows are getting back to filming. I think there's just about, we're really close to having an opening. I think of like wanting to do some new shows and wanting to figure out some things, maybe needing some new personalities in that space. And I'm going to be ready. It's also really great timing. Cause like, listen, I'm gonna have this baby could be any day. I could have this baby tomorrow. I could have this baby in a month. It will not be longer than that. Mark my words. Oh, I think we got to start the pocket baby pool. I, I really want to know like agree. what the day is and yeah. how many, like what's the height, what's the ounces. You can hit us up on, on Twitter and Instagram at Renee Paquette at Emilio Perfect. Sparks and let us know. But yeah. yeah, we are manifesting. So hello universe ring, ring, pay attention. Um, ring, okay. Ding, so, ding. so Charlene wants to know, and she's from Bowling Brock, Illinois. She wants to know what is your favorite dish you've made and what is John's? Um, my favorite dish. Um, Gosh, I think I would probably say maybe the French onion soup grilled cheese. That's the one I remember when I posted on my Instagram and everyone was like, word, what? That one sparked a lot of interest and I, it, it is exceptional. It's really, really good. Um, I would say for John's, John really loves when I do the hot honey pizza. That's definitely one of his absolute favorites. Um, the hot honey pizza, I also do the Cincinnati chili in there. Um, that was one that I had worked on. I think it was either for his birthday or for Valentine's Day or something. And I was like, oh, I'm going to cook him up something really nice. And Cincinnati chili is that for him. Uh, but so I, it, he, he actually writes a little blurb in the book about how to serve the Cincinnati chili, how you're supposed to eat it, all that good stuff. Uh, oh, whoops, dropped the, the book. That's okay. That happens. I, I can't bend down anymore anyways. It's too far gone. Well, she hasn't seen her feet in months, guys. <laughs> Honestly, what a doozy. Yeah, so this it's, one it's, comes all the way from Ireland and Catherine wants to know what is one of the meals that went the worst for you? I tried once to make a crumb apple pie to impress my now fiance and it went to pieces and I was devastated. Uh, I talked such a big game up until then. I've been there. I've certainly been there. I would say I've got like baking is tricky. That's why like I like cooking. Baking is science. I'm not a scientist. I like to keep it simple and cooking. You can adjust as you go and you can like, you can always salvage cooking one way or another. You can, you can always find a way around it. Um, but I, I would say one of my biggest doozies was when, okay, so we had just moved into our house. We bought our house early December, 2015, I believe. So we move into our house and John's dad and his wife were coming down for Christmas. And I'm like, oh my God, I get to cook for everybody. I get to make Christmas dinner. I am in my element. That is the shit that I live for. And uh, so I was getting ready to do that, but I'd never, I had not actually even cooked in our ovens yet. And I got this giant bird from Whole Foods, which by the way, I like take it out of the package. This thing like still has feathers that I need to pluck out. I'm like, thanks Whole Foods. Of course you guys did. So I'm like trying to salvage this thing. And then I put it in the oven, but I, I didn't realize that I had set my, or I did realize, I didn't know how it worked. I put my oven to confection bake, which when you look at it, it's like, oh, it'll cook everything faster. And it like moves the air around quicker. I'm like, oh, great. This is like a 20 pound bird. I was like, that sounds great. Cause otherwise we're going to be here for eight hours cooking this damn bird. So I put it on convection bake and, uh, it was basically the Griswold's turkey. I, you like cut into it. It was so dry because I had tried to cook it so fast, trying to like impress everybody. I'm like, I've got <laughs> this no problem. I've like, I didn't even like know his like parents all that well at that time. And I'm like really trying to impress everybody, but I'm in the kitchen, like sweating and panicked. I'm like, nobody look at me. Nobody talked to me. I'm like looking at John. I'm like, can you like take them out to go do something? Like I need to find a way to salvage this. Uh, so that was, that was, yeah. And I didn't even, there wasn't even like fat left over in the pan to make gravy. If you've got a dry Turkey and you can at least smother it in some gravy, you can maybe salvage some things, but yeah, that was, uh, that was a little bit scary. Everyone was very nice to me about it though. They're like, Oh, it's still really good. I'm like, I know it's terrible. You don't have to lie to me. 
Let's just all laugh. Let's order a pizza. How about that? You know those hot takes you post on social media? Well, now you can win up to $5,000 when you put those takes to the test on FanDuel. It's a new game called Over Under, and it's absolutely free to play on FanDuel. So here's how it works. FanDuel will set lines on things like total points or three-pointers made during every NBA on TNT broadcast. All you have to do is pick over or under for every prop. Your picks could win you a share of $5,000 during every contest. FanDuel is the exclusive home for Over Under, and it's available in all 50 states. You can play from anywhere. All you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash Over Under and sign up now. If you've not done so already, please just do it. You're going to love it. Just create a new FanDuel account. If you don't already have one, it takes less than two minutes to sign up. Then you put your takes to the test during every NBA on TNT broadcast at fanduel.com slash over under. They could be worth up to 5,000 bucks. Do it. Age and location restrictions apply. See fanduel.com for terms and conditions. Was there a Yorkshire pudding attempt? Mm. Because I'm seeing that in the chat as well. So let's talk about the Yorkshire pudding attempt. Yorkshire pudding is so difficult. That's one of those things. It seems like it should be really easy. But it's not. It's really tricky. So what you have to do with Yorkshire pudding, I'm saying it like you now, it's Yorkshire pudding, not Yorkshire. Well, that's me. My New York accent makes everything just sound atrocious. (laughs) But you, okay, so to make a good Yorkshire pudding, um, I like to do it in the muffin tins. But the key is, say you're serving it with like a, you know, a Sunday roast or something. You want to take the fat from that roast and pour about a tablespoon into each little muffin tin bit Then you put just that back in the oven because that needs to be piping hot. Then you pour the batter inside, then put it in the oven. You have to have a hot pan and the hot grease. Everything needs to be hot. So that can be a very, very delicate, tricky thing. But then you're like, ugh, what if they didn't rise enough? What if this happened? So it seems easy because the batter is literally just like eggs, flour, salt, water. There's really nothing to it. But it's one of those things that you want to pile up, like you want your mashed potatoes on it, you want your beef on it, a bunch of gravy. You want that like that doughy biscuit to just be like slathered and all the goodness. But that can be, yeah, that's one that I've struggled with before. Actually, um, I thought it was dessert. I, I, then you're not. telling me all about this. I, I didn't know that it it was it was a part of a dinner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is like part of the meal. No I had um. Oh, what's his name? Uh, Will. Um. New Japan. Well, why, why can I not? Osprey. Right? Well, Osprey. God, I was like, why can I not think of his last name right now? <laughs> he sent me his mother's Yorkshire pudding recipe. So I, I've, I've tried that and it worked out really well because I've been tweeting about it. And he was like, here's what my mom does. So you got to get that from like a true Brit. They know how to do it right. Thank you, England. Thank you, so, uh, Osprey. Anthony wants to know, and he's from Burlington, Ontario, Canada. What a unexpected hurdles did you overcome as a first-time author and what was one takeaway from this experience that you would pass on to others stepping into the role as well well i've been passing on a lot of knowledge to my husband who just finished writing his book i've really been like holding that over his head as he's writing i'm like well anyways i already wrote my book and it's coming out so follow my footsteps heed my advice um but no he's been he i think like that the it's really almost sort of the same way that I'm kind of going into parenting in the sense of like, when I was actually got the deal to be able to do the book, I'm the first person to admit of like, wait, so how do I do this? What am I doing? What's entailed here to just kind of like go into everything, like one step at a time and be easy on yourself and trust that process. And it's such a different process than it is from doing TV. It's a slower process for sure. Um, going through like the different editing process. One thing that I just loved about doing this book was for me to be able to connect with my own voice again, just talk like myself. Not that I was like not talking like myself in WWE, but this was, you know, I could really, I could be a little cheekier throughout the book than maybe I could have got away with on WWE TV. Um, So I was really happy when I was able to like pass off my manuscript and they're like, yeah, this is great. And the editors really did not try to slap a filter on me or to try to like clean up some of the dumb things that I say that are just like, you know, the fun personality part of putting together this book. Like that was something I was, I was just so happy with that, that it really felt like such an authentic version of me. And I think that 
that made me feel very confident in passing this book off to, to you guys. Um, and also just in, in trusting that process of having editors help me and like, you know, it just in terms of like helping my sentence structure or formatting of the book of how that's going to look like each time somebody else took another pass at it, my confidence grew within the book where I'm like, oh my God, this actually looks like a book now. Who would have thunk? So that, that was really kind of the cool part for that. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the main thing with putting together a book is, is the patience. Cause it, it is, it's a lot of work. It's not easy. Um, but it's, it's a labor of love. You just have to be like willing to give into that. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. It is a labor of love. All right. So Anaya wants to know, and she's from Holland, Michigan with the ever present nature of diet culture, prioritizing being thin over healthy. What is one piece of advice you would give to young people who are beginning their journey through cooking and developing a relationship with food? Oh, that's a really good question. Wow. Um, gosh, what are some things that I would say for that? I would say like, you know, it's, it's all about striking the balance. I think kind of going back to what we were saying before in terms of like, I am not about depriving yourself of things. If there's something you really want, you really have a craving for something. I think it can be, it can become a little bit of a dangerous relationship with food. When you start to tell yourself, I can't have this. I'm not allowed to have this. This is bad for me. I mean, unless you're having an allergy or you have like, you know, real diet restrictions in that sense. But I like to go, you know, like a, an 80, 20, 70, 30 ratio in the sense of like eat right, eat all the things that I'm supposed to eat. And if I do want to slip and I do want to have that dessert, or I want to have, you know, a glass of wine or something like that, I don't want to feel bad about that. And I think that's something that can be really tricky these days of like, yeah, there's so much pressure. Like there's sometimes that feeling of, I don't know if like you've ever felt this way, Emilio, but if you order something bad, you're like, wait, is everyone looking at me? Or like, do they think maybe I have put on a couple pounds and they're like, maybe don't order the dessert. Like those are the things that like rattle off in your head sometimes. And that's so like volatile. What a weird way to think. And, and it's also a very selfish way to think because usually it people don't care and it's no one's not, caring and, or paying attention. It, it's all up here. And, and yeah, yeah. I, I have gone through that. And, and me and my brother have been discussing that because it's like, what's the like what's the right amount to make sure like you're not a gavon, but you want to have a little dessert, but you know, you don't want to overindulge because one cookie on a Sunday can lead to three cookies on Tuesday. And then you're eating right. a half a sleeve by Friday, you know? So <laughs> what's the, uh, yeah. you know, what's the take, but I think you said it best. I think it's just loving your body, knowing the balance of certain things. So if you eat two cookies, don't kill yourself over it. Yeah. Just do an extra couple of like, you know, cardio hours at the gym or whatever. Oh, yeah. I mean, those fine. are the things you think about. And also like when you are working really hard, um, yeah, you want, you want to be able to indulge one thing that it's funny, this always pops in my head. And I actually think that it's incredibly inaccurate, but I'll share it anyways, just as like, whatever we're here having an open conversation, but, um, I will always remember being in an acting class and the uh, acting instructor, who's a very revered acting coach in, in Canada and in Toronto and he was like, Hey, you guys aren't allowed to, um, treat yourself with food, whether you've had a good audition, you just booked a great show. You never get to treat yourself with food. And I am not like that. Like if I, like, I keep saying to John, I'm like, there's a restaurant here in town that, um, my dad had sent us a gift certificate for, for like Christmas. I was like, we should probably go use that soon. Um, there was like, what a great reason. My book comes out this week. You just handed in your manuscript. Like Let's celebrate with some food. That's that, celebrating with food is like my go-to. Oh, how can you not want to celebrate with food? Food yeah. is great. So, so wrapping up, we have a ton of questions and I'm thinking we do maybe a oral session special with all the questions that we've been getting. And maybe, oh, um, I would love you that. know, Lauren and the, the crew over at live signing could definitely maybe send us the rest of these questions. So, so we can do that. Yeah. Um, so wrapping up, how can everybody get the book? Where can they get the book? When can they get the book? And let's talk about some of these autographed copies. Yeah. Okay. So I have been, I was signing some, um, I'm going to continue to sign as I hop off of here for you guys. Um, and I, I have, yeah, the signing has been happening. It's going to continue to happen. So be on the lookout for those. Uh, the book comes out tomorrow, May 18th. Um, it's been available on pre-order on Amazon, which I guess now 
starting tomorrow, less than 24 hours, you can just order that baby and not even pre-order anymore. Um, you can also uh, get the book at Barnes and Noble. If you're in Canada, it's going to be available at Indigo books. Um, so yeah, just give it a search, check all things out. Um, you can always also check out my social media because on my link tree that my friend Emilio has put together for me, uh, you all of the links are on there for you guys to buy the book. Um, and thank you guys for joining me here and buying the, the signed copies. Those are going to be really, really cool for me to send out for you guys. And I cannot wait to see you guys cooking some of my meals. I've been getting some messages already of seeing some of the food being cooked and you guys being able to open your packages and have your books there. Um, I truly cannot thank you enough for supporting me and doing this cookbook venture. It was one of those things that I really just manifested from thin air and you guys have rallied behind me and it made it a thing to make it an actual physical. The book is here. Like I have a physical book that I wrote and made. And it, it honestly really means so much to me to be able to have the support from you guys to be able to join me on this adventure. And it's always a little bit scary of like, man, are people going to care about what I'm doing outside of wrestling? And for you guys to truly follow me onto these other ventures and support me in that, like really, really means a lot. So thanks for hanging out. We want this to be a New York Times bestseller, folks. Yes. So let's just go there. Let's start buying this book. However you do it, buy the book, Messy in the Kitchen, in stores worldwide tomorrow. Use yes. the hashtag Messy in the Kitchen when you get your books and you cook your meals so you can show Renee. And you can follow Renee on social media. How? Oh, follow me at Instagram and Twitter at Renee Paquette. Yeah. Tag me in everything. I want to see everything that you guys are cooking. I want to see you guys flipping through the book. I want to see all that stuff. So please blast away at all of my social media. Hit me up. Do so. And if you're new to our YouTube channel and you have not yet subscribed, my advice to you, please subscribe. We upload this channel constantly. We have two videos that and we have not yet the notifications. Like the kids say, smash that bell. I don't know why you're smashing the bell, but smash the bell. And smash we have two videos. Bell. If you get us to 90,000, we might release the CM Punk video. If you get Ooh. us to 100,000, we might release the interview with Big Baby Daddy. John, oh, John. Baby Daddy in the his house. I can't so, believe he didn't barge in here. Well, get us get get us there and then we'll we'll help you help us. All yeah. right. So let's do that. Yeah. So again, Renee, tomorrow worldwide, messy in the kitchen. Let's go. Let's do it. I yes. just want to say thank you for allowing me to moderate and thank everybody for these really great questions. Yeah. Thanks, Emilio. And thanks to you guys for hanging out with me. And thanks for supporting and buying the book. And we'll have all these signed copies sent out to you guys. And uh, we'll all cook together. Let's all get messy in the kitchen one by one. <laughs>Thanks for hanging out in this episode of Oral Sessions and uh, and participating in all things messy in the kitchen. Hopefully you bought the book. Maybe you're buying the book. Maybe you're going to prime it overnight and get it and flip through it. If nothing else, it's a great coffee table book. Maybe you don't cook. Maybe you want to try to cook. This is the gateway into your culinary experience. Let me take your hand and guide you through it. If nothing else, just pour a nice glass of wine and call it a day. Look at the pictures, read some of the captions, or... You can just scan the QR codes and listen to some playlists. There's a little something for everybody. I assure you, you will not be disappointed. So check out Messy in the Kitchen. I'm so proud of this book. I love this book. I love being able to work on this. My first like real project that feels just so me. I mean, aside from this oral sessions, of course, but I did the book first. I worked on the book first. I'm all right, guys. This has been Oral Sessions. Catch you later. <laughs>